Hello and welcome again to the Polished and Fit Preparatory Course, currently in Session 4, which is the Early Years Wisdom. And right now we are in Model 5, which is called Family Financial Systems. First, um, before I say anything about this model, I just want to commend you and say to you that you are amazing. Thank you for um, signing up for this course, for everything you've done so far, for choosing to invest in yourself. I feel super honored to be doing this with you. So I just thought to commend you first before we go into today's model. I'm really excited about this one because it's like I always joke about things like this. It's like another 10 unit course in marriage, right? But I want us to just, you know, the way we go about, um, things here at Polished and Fit, I try to break it down to make it very easy um, for you to digest it. So please come with me as we learn and share insights concerning this subject, okay? So for this one, um, like I said, it's another very interesting and important part of the family life, all right? So although it's often an uncomfortable conversation, as people have different attitudes, you know, towards money, it's actually a subject that cannot be ignored in the home. So in this model, basically, we would be exploring this subject, you know, and how to create your own system for your home. I'm talking about your own financial system for your home. So I want you to enjoy every single bit of this. Like I always say, we always have a model defining scripture. Remember we said Everything we share here is usually a faith-based principle. And if you're from another faith, oh, please, it's all fine and well. I do not want you to tune off because I believe that there is a reason for your being a part of this course at this time. So please um, enjoy every single bit of it and glean from the wisdom that we'll be sharing here. So our model defining scriptures, just like we have in um, the other uh, models, yeah? So for this one, my first scripture would be um, Psalms 1, 1, 2, and verse 3. Psalm 1, 1, 2, and verse 3. In the Amplified Bible, it says, Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. This is talking about the blessed man, right? Um, another very um, interesting one is Genesis 24 and verse 1. Genesis 24 and verse 1. It says, Now Abraham was old well advanced in years and the lord had blessed abraham in all things the lord had blessed abraham in all things so for me this is um the kind of picture one wants to experience you know at the end of life you want to be able to say you know you're when you're advanced in years that you will be able to say the lord has actually blessed you in all things right um another model defining scripture for us will be genesis 26 um, 12 to 13, and it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundred times more, as much as he planted, and the Lord favored him with blessings. And the man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. Another model defining scripture, just two more, and then we'll be done with this one, okay? is Isaiah 48 and verse 17. Isaiah 48 and verse 17. It says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way that you should go. So you can actually learn how to profit, you know, from God. 
And then the final one is 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. In the Amplified Bible, it says, And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance, so that you may always um, and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, um, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So those are the model defining scriptures um, for this particular model, right? Um, like I said, there is so much to actually talk about in this model. So we're just going to take it step by step, okay? What is the objective of this model? So by the end of this model, you will have a good head start with handling family finance and wealth, all right? Um, um, for what the model covers, which is like our outline for this model, it's a whole lot. So um, as I go through each of those outlines, I'll just simply let you know what the subject is and then we keep... Um, digging deeper into the subject i hope that helps because like i said it's really lengthy and there's so much to cover in this particular model so if you would permit me please let me just go straight into it and you keep learning as we keep going into it okay so the first thing i want to talk about would be introduction to financial management for a growing home introduction so let's start from like a base point you know um for a growing home so introduction to financial management for a growing home so what does this really entail let's just handle some very basic definitions and then we can go in even deeper into this right so what's financial management so it basically involves planning organizing directing and controlling the financial activities such as obtaining and utilization of funds for the family so it means applying general management you know principles to financial resources of the growing home i hope that makes some sense to you all right so going on um everyone understands money and relates with finances differently and that is what it really is right so understand, first of all, that you are both coming from different backgrounds and it's important that you do not feel superior or inferior to your spouse when it comes to finance. I need to set these basics in place because many times it's the level of understanding we have personally, you know, that we bring into our marriage system and some of the challenges that we get to see eventually you know, are uh, like offshoots of these things that we didn't really, really pay attention to. Some of them actually come in very subtly. So you need to, you know, be very wise whilst you're handling this aspect of the marriage, okay? Now, of course, you would also require some bonding time in this area. And that is why we are looking into the subject in the course, okay? Again, this is not a one-size-fits-all but it's an awakening to the importance of finance and how to create systems that would work for your own home. Now, I want to say this. I am still growing, of course, in this area as it has taken some time, you know, even for us as a family, you know, to fully blend in this area and to find our own rhythm. Um, because, yes, I mean, we are knowledgeable in a lot of things, but getting in and, you know, trying to really harness those things you have learned um, of course, required a lot of um, wisdom and some time of bonding, you know, to make it really work, okay? 
Um, so um, we've also made you know some not so good financial choices, which we've learned from and forging forward even from there. All right. Um, so I'm not here to paint one perfect picture of oh someone that has arrived or someone that knows everything about the subject. I'm still being educated. I still get financial, uh, financial coaches. I still you know go try to expose my mind to a lot of resources to help me grow in this area, things I do not know yet, I try to go for knowledge in this area because I know that is a major aspect, you know, of um, running the home effectively and making sure things are in place. So let's still handle some basics, okay? What is money? What is finance? What is wealth? Let's just look at that very briefly. What is money? What is finance? And what is wealth? So what is money? Let's start from there. So money is actually like a medium of exchange, that market participants use to engage in transactions for goods and for services, right? Um, so not just that paper, it's any medium of exchange that you have. So, so of course, before money came into bid, we had um, the trade by butter. And so it was not necessarily money. I think money, you know, came in because they just wanted a more organized system that is recognizable and that is just easy, you know, to work with. And we're able to, you know, create that. All right, so that's just that about money. Also, finance is more like a very broad term that actually describes activities associated with banking, you know, leverage or debts. When you hear finance, you hear things like credit, capital market, you know, money, spending, investment. So it actually encompasses, you know, the oversight, creation, study of money, banking, credit, investments, assets, liabilities, everything that makes up the financial system. So, you know, that's what it really is. So if you want to put it in very basic terms, it simply just means how you get money and what you do with the money. <laughs> right. Okay. So I just thought to make that also very clear. And then what is wealth? Wealth is actually, you know, an abundance of valuable possessions of money of course but it's not limited to money okay it doesn't always mean only money so understand that that's why i'm putting this out so that it's very clear to you as you go in right so can we talk a bit about the importance of finance this is not an exhaustive list i'm just going to share very in fact very very few points in this particular aspect okay because um, like i said this is more like an introduction into this subject there are deeper 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 sides of it but I just want us to um, go on with the subject of learning here, right? So importance of finance in the family. So do not be among those that say things like, oh, money does not really matter and all of that. It actually matters in the family because you need finance. There are a lot of things to do with money. So let's just share a few of the importance. Like I said, it's not an exhaustive list. There are so many other reasons but importance of finance in the home for number one i'll just say it's a means of you know funding your family projects you have projects you want to run as a family you're making projection projections you're making a lot of plans and all of those things then you need finance to make those things a reality you need to fund them you need to put them together you know to actually have that good enjoyment of the life here and all of that you actually need good money to get it done right now the second reason i would give for the importance of finance in the family it actually provides a means of being a blessing to other people a means of being a blessing so you know some of us so i mean different you know different things are 
the things that have caught our attention and there are different things we are passionate about for some people or oh, when you see kids hawking on the street it breaks your heart you really want to touch their lives or you i mean there are different things that actually catch our attention for some people our fans are the things that are, are the ones that you know you are very passionate about for some people young mothers you know different different teenagers different aspects of life so if you want to reach out to those people and actually be a blessing to them you'd need some form of funding to be able to do those things and that's why even ngos you know go ahead to look out for you know support you know get grants get different things to help them get aids and supports here and there just to ensure that they are able to do those things that are in their mind so it helps you if you want to be a blessing to other people you need finance to actually get certain things done yes sometimes emotional support and all of that but hey many times people i mean for some people they want just it's just food they need you know and you're able to meet that need for them the third reason i would say about the importance of finance in the family would be that it provides a means of accomplishing goals and milestones you know you want to accomplish big goals you want to accomplish milestones then you need good finance to be able to do that all right so you want to, I mean, there, there are certain heights you want to get in your career or in your business, certain levels of expansion and growth you want to get to, then you would need good finance to make those things happen, right? Another very important part is that, of course, if you um, want to enjoy the life of course on earth, I mean, <laughs> there are things you'd like, we always say, like, when you get to heaven, you're not going to drive a car, right? Okay, so. This is where you are able to enjoy the earthly possessions, earthly things that are here. So one of the ways to help you do all of those things would be, you know, having finance in the family. Another one, again, is that it actually helps people, you know, to afford the basic needs of man, the basic needs, which um, we from um, general study is, of course, food, shelter, you know, health, well-being and all of that. So. Um, you want to make sure that, um, you know, you have finance so that those things are in place. And, um, you know, we don't have a case where, oh, someone is saying, no, because I didn't have, or I had to get into crime and all, because those are not excuses anyways, you know, but it helps you to basically afford the basic needs of man whilst you're here. All right. So having said that, let's now start going deeper into the reason for this, which we called it financial, you know, family system. So it's very important we get in and we understand the perspective here. All right. Now, the next part of the um, learning I want us to look into will be creating financial systems for your home. So I want to get very practical now. I don't just want to speak over your head and all of done the introduction of all of this, but let's now get in deeper. How can we create financial systems for the home? Okay. So we're going to go into different things like from family spending, you know, how to plan budgeting, saving, investment, all of that. We're going to touch all of that. So let me just take it step by step okay now in creating financial systems the truth is that you need to understand that money is a good servant but a very bad master please don't let money be the master in the family you are the one to master money it's a very good servant you can you know use it to do beautiful and amazing things but um you know it should not be the one in charge that you know it begins to control every single thing you do you know, because of that, it, for some people, it affects their mood. It affects every single thing about them. You know, you want to be very careful about that. Okay. 
Now, never get to the point that, you know, you get so desperate for money and then you begin to compromise your values and your stand just to access it. Be very mindful that you don't get into fraudulent practices and other unwholesome things just to get money or just to get wealthy. And if you're a child of God, there are kingdom-based financial principles that you need to understand. Don't be among those families that, oh, you know, we hear things like because of impatience or pressure and all of that, we've seen families compromise greatly, started going into rituals and several other things. When God already has made provision for you, you need to just understand how it works with the kingdom and be able to leverage what God has made available to you. So to commence the creation of financial systems for your home, you first need to be very clear about setting financial operations. So let's go into it again step by step now in creating this system the first thing i want us to look at for your growing family or this family that is just starting or that is already existing or that is already growing is evaluate the streams of income for your family evaluate the streams of income for the family so that's the first thing let's go in deeper into this as a growing family what are the current sources of income for the family? Let me explain why I'm going into this. Now, this evaluation is something that has to be done for you and for your spouse. You as a wife, how uh, do you get, what is it called, um, income? What are the current ways you're getting income into your family? Do you understand? So do you understand what I'm saying? So it's an evaluation. And if you don't sit down and do this evaluation, you might just think, oh, um, let's just flow. No, I don't want a case of let's just flow. You're winging it and then you challenges now arise and you're like, oh, what are we supposed to do here? And all, But you can actually you know, have a better result by doing things well. So evaluation. Many people don't do this and then it becomes a challenge. That's why you now hear things like, oh, um, what they are earning cannot you know, sustain the family and all of that. You know, so... You are doing this evaluation for you as the wife. How do you get money? And then also for your for your spouse, how does he get money? What are all the sources? And I'm going to look into certain sources so that you understand again deeper what I'm saying. So what are the current revenue sources for your home? All the available ones, you need to list them out. That is why you see this conversation about money is not one that you just have anyhow. Is a very deliberate conversation. You need to sit down together and make sure it is discussed. Like I said, it's not a comfortable conversation because when it comes to money, people have different attitudes towards it. People have how they behave towards money. People just have their money language. People have how they just react. I don't know. It just has <laughs> feels like money has a spirit, right? You know. So you need to talk about it. So our current revenue sources for the home, and then how are you going to handle the sources, those various, you know, um, revenues that are coming into the home and then how can it be increased and how can it grow exponentially? These are questions you need to look into as you begin to create a financial system for your home. So let me pick certain, um, revenue sources that exist. Now, I don't know the one that applies directly to your home, but this can just give you an idea so that if you're thinking about it, okay, so what are the revenue sources? This will just help you to make it very easy um, to identify them. So let's talk about number one. Let's talk about job 
or career or what we call office work or your corporate work. Okay. Now, when we get into this evaluation, there are certain questions you both need to answer. Like I said, answer for yourself and he too should also answer this question. But it's a discussion that is a joint discussion. Now, if you're taking this course as a time at a time when you're not even in a relationship yet, you are super so blessed. So you can already start putting your finance in order so that it makes it very easy. When you have a partner, you you there is already a level of order. So when you're having this conversation, you're having it from an informed point of view. Do you get what I'm saying? All right. So understanding it, what are the questions you're going to ask about this revenue, you know, that is coming in this evaluation you're trying to do? How much do you earn and how much does he earn? You need to understand this, discuss it. Now, this one cannot be vague. You cannot say, ah, I'm not, uh, no, I'm not too sure of what it is. No. It cannot be vague. How much do you earn? So if you, that's why I said office work, career, or a job, or a corporate work. Now it's different if you're volunteering because there are people that volunteer. So yes, so they don't get to pay them. So, but you need to state that clearly. Or, oh, it's just depends they are giving you from the place where you are working. It needs to be clear. You guys need to talk about it. So um, if either of you, of course, is working with an institution, there ought to be like a wage system for that institution, Right. So um, you need to identify these things and write them out. You see, one of the reasons I said you need a journal for this course is there are practical things you can actually sit down and do. It's not something that is just vague or some theory here and there that is put together. No, these are things that um, a lot of research, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of thinking, a lot of, you know, um, just trying to be in tune with God as to the areas we should touch. And that's why we're touching all of these areas. Okay. So, and I'm really hoping it's making a difference for you. So what is the daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or yearly wage of the family through this particular channel of the job or the career or the office work or the corporate work? I hope it makes sense to you. So you can just put it up as a table and just say, okay, um, streams of income evaluation from our job this is what comes in now i'm breaking it down like this because some people earn daily some people earn weekly some people earn even hourly some people earn monthly quarterly yearly so it makes it very clear to see exactly what you're expecting so if you even if you're not in maybe in west because I, i'm i'm currently um creating this course out of west africa nigeria um, so if you're not, um, in this part of the world where you are, you might be the early payment that is being done, but you need to analyze it. That's what I'm trying to say basically. Okay. So put it down. So this is usually very easy, um, to estimate for a structured office work or the people we call the nine to fivers. Okay. So you need to clearly know this particular one and you can list it out now. Still under evaluating the streams of income coming in, you know, through this source, which is from the office work. So we are checking what is your basic salary or the general salary. And what's the, what's the salary? What are you earning? What is he earning if he's working in an office? Are there bonuses that come with it? What is the bonus? Is it a weekly bonus, a monthly bonus based on income? Anything that is coming in from your, you know, organization to you as part of your pay, list them out. I just know we're going somewhere so that you understand this better. Then commission is the next thing. Are you, some people work based on commission. So it's that one now, of course it will vary. It can be an exact amount, but maybe a percentage can be there of how, you know, the commission is being calculated. And if it's a structured commission, oh, beautiful, write it out there. 
for some people it's upfront. They give you upfront at maybe the beginning of the year a particular time. State out what comes in from the upfront. Do you get what I'm saying now? Going further, the next thing would be, um, of course, systemic increase plan. Let me explain what I mean by that. There is a certain payment, you know, made to staff in certain organizations at specific periods. Do you understand? So for some organizations, let me give you a practical example. Maybe they want to mark the organization's anniversary or they have other very special events they do as an organization. And they'll say, oh, for all their staff, they are giving them this particular, you know, um, bonus or this particular systemic increase and sale because they hit maybe 20 years of their existence and all of that. So all their staff would be getting this particular amount of money, you know, as their own um, contribution to the organization through the years. I, I hope that makes sense to you. Then allowances. What are the allowances that you get and that he gets? Maybe housing, car, insurance, dressing, you know, vacation, medical leaving all of that and etc you should state what they are so this is just to put out clearly what the family earns from this channel so this is just one channel okay which is from the job or from the career so for the man and for the woman you should both have this very clearly analyzed and stated out i hope it makes sense so we're making it very easy so that you get it the next part would be business. We're evaluating, remember, your streams of income, where money is coming into your family. So it can be business. Of course, not everybody will be in the corporate office setting, and that is just very fine. Some people do several things to earn an income, even while they are working. So some people, it's a two-way thing for them. So they're actually working in an organization, and then they still have maybe a side business that they are doing. So it needs to also be clear, you know, what these things are. And now if both of you are actually running a business or businesses, what comes in from the business or from those businesses? You need to be at least able to evaluate something. Now, of course, we understand that. Um, you cannot say, oh, this is the amount of profit that must come in and all, but, you know, somehow businesses, for it to grow, you have your targets, you have what you're looking towards getting, you know, um, out of the business. And we expect you also, of course, as a business owner, you should put yourself on salary. So, <laughs> except, of course, the early stage business is just kicking off, it's just growing and all, it might just take a while for you to be able to balance through all of that, but really, um, so what is the, what is coming in, you know, from the business that can be accessed by the family? Because for some of those resources coming in from the business, actually to run the business. So that's why we say, if you put the, um, owner of the business on a salary, it makes it easy. You know that, okay, this is going to you. This is what you have access to. So that you don't go and start touching the capital and other things that are supposed to help you run the business effectively. So a steady personal business that you have can be, you know, one of it. Another kind of, you know, business um, relationship you might be in is a partnership. So if you're partnering with someone, you know, to run a business on a, on a, or an organization, what comes to you or what comes to him from that partnership? So you can have your personal business. So if you follow the order we've put in, I first talked about maybe your job, maybe you're earning a particular salary from your job. And then the next part is your business. This is your own personal, steady, running and, you know, growing business. The next one is a partnership. 
you know. Now, some people are involved in all of these various aspects. So, but you need to evaluate it so that it makes it very easy for you to be able to create your own financial system as a family. Now, for some other people, it is the one-off businesses or what I call occasional business. Now, these businesses, they just run maybe during holiday seasons, special periods, you know, maybe special stuff, um, it's happening around that time and then they just leverage it you know that's when we have things like valentine things like oh um the christmas holidays and all of those things some people just have businesses that run at those various moments only some people it's only when they have the vacation from schools you know what we call the holiday classes extra school care and all that that's how they run their own business so some business that's why i call them occasional businesses or those one-off businesses so if you have something like that that is running or he has something like that that is running you both need to analyze and see what is coming in then joint businesses there are couples that work together they establish um, businesses together and they are actually working together okay in their business so if it's a case like that so that is another um, income source you need to be able to evaluate for some other people they are boards of directors of certain organizations um so they are being paid you know certain amount of money that comes in consistently some people they pay them yearly like that some they pay them quarterly some they just pay them at certain times of the business so if you are a board of director of companies or he is a board of director of certain companies and there's a payment coming in from there that's also a revenue source you need to analyze that and add it to your evaluation and then if you have a side business you can also add that to your evaluation so i hope it makes sense on that business now going forward we have things like um, for some other people, how the um, revenue comes in is to, through things like grants and aids that they get, you know, that they use to maybe execute personal projects that they have and all of that. So uh, maybe there's a certain percentage that actually comes to them. This is part of the um, income flow. So you need to also analyze this and put that up as, as part of your evaluation. The next part will be maybe royalties. If you have books, you have inventions, creations, and things like that, you know, that you are being paid from consistently, or he has things like that, that he's being paid for, you need to add that to your evaluation map, right? The next one will be properties. So if he has lands, houses, um, real estate, maybe car rental, different kinds of property-based businesses. You want to also put this as part of the revenue sources. So maybe you have um, a number of housing units where you are collecting rent um, every single year. That can be part of the um, resources available, you know, to the family for the year. So maybe you have like, you know, an estate of like 20 buildings, and you're receiving rent from that place. So if you're receiving rent from somewhere like that, you know, that can be what is um, coming in as the revenue for the family. So, but you need to analyze it. Another one can be from investment, investment. So um, what are the resources coming in from investment? Maybe your personal investment, his personal investment, you want to analyze that as well. Then compensations. Some people get compensations from certain things. You want to also put that as part of it. I'm just mentioning different revenue sources that you should not miss out on so that when you're putting your financial system, it makes a lot of um, meaning because you're able to break it down carefully, right? Another one would be unexpected revenues or what we call dash money. <laughs> you know, it's not like you, it's not 
it's not from your job, it's not from your business, it's not from property investment or anything like that. It's just, you know, someone just chose to just, you know, support you extra and just so just wanted to just be favorable to you financially. And then that so that's an unexpected. So you never really worked for that particular revenue, you know, but it came in. So that's called like dash money. So that's part of it. You need to add that too. Okay. Then inheritance. Now for inheritance, there are people that maybe their parents have passed and then they're setting um Revenue flows that come in from their inheritance and some other people, their parents, I, I kind of know someone that, you know, the, the parents, they were still, you know, alive and all of that, but he just chose to start, you know, giving all his kids a particular amount of money. So for them, that was part of inheritance, you know, coming to them. So that's also like a revenue source. You want to list that then interest, dividends, things like that, put them out. So I'm just basically saying, break it down as much as possible on how, you know, revenue comes into your family so that it is very clear. And then you know what you're dealing with, you know what you're planning with, and you know how to grow from there and how to create a system that works based on what is coming in to the family. I hope this makes sense. Now, having known where the revenue is coming in from, remember we said finance has to do with you know, checking everything from planning it to organizing to directing to controlling. Now we know where the money is coming in from. Can we now appraise financial commitments of each individual and for the family? I'm going to break it down. Appraisal of financial commitment of each individual and for the family. What are the things you already have financial commitments for on a regular basis? Whether it's yearly or is weekly, or is quarterly, or is monthly, or is daily, is there a financial commitment you have as a person? He also, what are his own financial commitments that he already has as an individual? I'm saying you're not even maybe married yet, or you are already married, but as you're coming into the marriage relationship, you understand that, okay, you have financial commitments, he has financial commitments, and then the family collectively, maybe when you were discussing and, you know, planning for the future together, you already say, oh, your family is going to be committed to doing this or to be doing that. Now, why this appraisal is very important is nobody can come up tomorrow and, um, you know, bring up an unpleasant surprise. So it's funny to me when I hear things like, oh, um, the man does not want you to give money to your parents and things like that. I mean, didn't you guys talk about it before you got married? And if you did not, oh, fine. Well, that's why you're gaining knowledge at this time. So you can actually start applying it. It's one of the things you need to talk about, discuss it. These are the financial commitments I have so that you know what you are dealing with. And so that nobody comes up tomorrow and say, you know, say things like, oh, why are you sending money um, to this person and to that person? You already discussed it, so it makes it very easy, okay? So before going deeply into handling finance, it's important to highlight the current financial commitments as individuals and collectively before you commence planning what you would do with your revenue. Because if I already know that, okay, um, on a consistent basis, these are the things I handle already, and now I'm being joined to this man. Um, these are the things he's also handling. We're not going to start out making unnecessary demands on each other because we know that, okay, this is what we are dealing with right here, right? 
Now, having this clearly listed and discussed will make budgeting and planning your spending a lot easier. Now, this also would further help you to know where you are. I'm not saying that this will be easy because, like I said, this money talking is not an easy, straightforward talk like that. So some may not even be your current experience, but I hope this would really inspire you to put order in concerning your financial life. Now, some are also not at certain levels yet, so it may not even be practicable for you at this time, you know, to have every aspect in order fully. But understanding the principle, of course, will be of great help to you when that season comes. All right. So because we are all going on a journey, there's a, a process. We are going step by step. But if you don't even understand how these things work, when that phase comes, when that time comes, you may not know how to handle it. Because that's why you see cases where you hear, oh, they just wasted money in that family. No, it's because maybe they did not really have a plan. They had not really thought about it. And then that surge of increase that came in felt overwhelming. And they're just like, oh, let's just do this and do that. But if you've planned yourself, it kind of makes it easier for you to do what we need to do. So are there certain ongoing financial commitments that either of you had before you started your marriage or while in your marriage, please, you need to highlight them. So I'm going to break it down just like we did for the revenue sources, okay? So let me give you some instances of some things that people maybe have as commitments. Um, let me start from a very basic one, for example. Let me use an example like team dues. I'm going to explain that now. Does any of you belong to a club or to clubs? or certain places where you're volunteering or you're serving or engagement that requires some recurrent or periodic financial commitment from either of you, you need to understand it. So some people belong to certain clubs and they need to renew their membership, all right? So there's a particular amount of money, maybe they pay it every year or some pay it every month or pay it every quarter to be able to function well with that club. For some other people, they're actually volunteering or they're serving somewhere and all of that. And there are periodic financial commitments that they all have. Maybe whenever they have an event and all that. So you need to highlight this one. That, ah, okay, well, I already have certain commitments. This is what I pay every year um, for my club to exist or for me to continue to be a member and enjoy all the benefits that I enjoy out of this club. Do you understand? So state what that commitment is the amount of money exactly that it is and the time that is due for the payment and then how you have been paying previously for it. Does it make sense to you? How much is it? When is it due? And how have you been paying previously for it? Now, for some people, they've already put in a bank order and say, oh, my salary is um, maybe one million, for example. And then, oh, because I belong to this club, I've already put a standing order that... They should, at, at every point of um, when my salary is being paid, so they just debit um, 100000 for example, to the club's account. Do you get it? So if you have something like that, and it's clearly stated, so you're not going to start out trying to, um, what's it called, merge your spending, and you're saying, oh, okay, it's $1 million. person said, oh, no, it's actually 900 I have access to him. Like, no, yeah, why, what happened to the other 100 So if you've discussed it, it takes away unnecessary arguments later and, um, you know, misunderstanding. Do you understand? So for the wife, you need to analyze that. For the husband, and then for the kids, because there are kids that also belong to clubs, 
you know, that um, requires some maybe financial commitment for them to be able to um, retain their membership for that club and for them to enjoy the benefits of the club that they belong to. So you need to analyze what that is. Still talking about um, what's it called the financial commitment you already have, the existing ones. Now, some other people, we have what I call periodic payments. Periodic payments. What do I mean by this? Are there certain things that must be paid for by either of you or as a family at certain periods of the year? Please highlight this one clearly also. If any of you is sponsoring certain people, or certain projects, you also need to state this one. Uh, or maybe you're paying school fees for some people, you're supporting your parents, there are certain family members you are supporting or he's supporting, or there are certain friends you're supporting, or you give to certain organizations or charity, please state it clearly. These ones are called periodic payments. What are all the periodic payments you have? What are all the periodic payments he has? What are the periodic payments your family has? Please analyze this and let it be clearly stated so that we know exactly. So for some people, some other people, it might even be that or um, maybe all your siblings, you are coming together to maybe you're trying to build a new apartment for your parents. This is just a very basic example I'm giving. I'm not saying that, oh, you are doing this or you have to do this. But I'm just giving that as an example. So maybe all of you have a particular amount you are paying. And that payment is maybe every quarter or every month. So your partner already knows that, oh, okay, you are on an ongoing project. And this is the amount that is your own commitment there. So clearly state out periodic payments. The next one would be kingdom financial practices. Kingdom financial practices. Of course, as people of faith, are there kingdom financial commitments that either of you or both of you have? You need to talk about this. Please state this one very clearly. Maybe your tithe, your offerings, your seed, your partnership, you support certain events, um, you do missions. There are people that support missionaries or any other form of giving that you are a part of. Um, there's, there's something that wants to happen for evangelism, a certain crusade, or you're partnering with certain ministries and all of that. Any kingdom financial practice you have, or, you know, there's a sacrificial seed you need to sow at a particular time of the year. You need to just mention these things so that they are very clear to all the parties. Uh, so we're kind of putting all our cards on the table on this one so that we are clear about where we are headed because we need, are trying to create a financial system for the family. So that's why we're actually doing all of this. The next one will be f um, business financial operations. Are there financial servicing you know, you need to make for your business to run effectively? How were you paying for them previously? You need to also be able to analyze this so that um, you know what that commitment is. So maybe you say, oh, for your business to run very well, it's part of certain, um, certain associations. And so, you know, there are certain service payments you have to make for the business operation to go very well. So you need to mention all of these things. I mean, even talking about this will kind of help you to start thinking about, you know, putting real order into every aspect of your finance. So even if you are a single person at this time and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even think or even know that I was supposed to put order, this level of order in my finance, this would help you to put things in place, right? Another one can be what I call pre-marriage dreams. Are there certain dreams you always had, you know, before you got married, but you're yet to accomplish them? 
all right um, for example you know you both want to build houses for your parents or any other dream that you have always had um, you want to go to school further you want to do a particular project at a stage in your life you know you need to communicate this and plan carefully for it do you understand? So when you have dreams like that, you know, will you be doing it simultaneously? So if you're saying things like, oh, we want to build houses for our parents, um, are you going to be doing it together? Like you're building for the girl's parents, you're also building for the man's parents. Do you get which of them are you going to handle first before the other? So you need to discuss it so that there is no fight. There's no quarrel tomorrow. Do you get having this clearly mapped out to actually keep you on track and fulfill um, you know, help you to fulfill that eventual dream because you have already planned it together and you are able to you know, accomplish that eventually. Another one can be what I call the family upkeep and project commitment. Family upkeep and project commitment. So I'm talking about things that, you know, money goes to generally. All right, before we start tailoring it down specifically to your family, I'm just mentioning general ones so that you know where to pick yours from. So, um, for example, do you pay domestic staff salary, um, your rent? If you still pay rent, um, how do you go about paying your rent? School fees for the children when they arrive, day-to-day -day running of the home allocation, you know, personal grooming, your self-care, feeding, transportation, fueling, traveling, leisure plans, things like that. You need to know what are the um, current ways you've been handling such aspects of um your life. So you need to put this also on the table and know where you are with this. Then capital project payments. Do you have maybe certain building project that you are already running or currently running? Um, you know, that is a capital based project that you would need um, to put financial commitment into. Or maybe you're preparing for a new baby as a family. Uh, maybe you already have, um, you know, remember we're talking about this uh, newlyweds here. Maybe, let me say you've been married for like four years. So you have your first kid and you're like, oh, we're ready for the next one. So that is also a capital project. You would need to put finance aside for it. Do you have ongoing medical projects, you know, that needs to be paid for, maybe for treatment or regular checkup that you currently have? Or you have further education plans or continuing education plans, or other, you know, self-development funding, or you have books you need to get, resources, outreaches, charity events, all of those things that are capital-based payments. You need to analyze them also. The next one will be regular servicing. Are there certain possessions you have that require servicing and payments? Please clearly state them. Maybe your car. You need to service your car. And maybe your own servicing is once in a quarter or twice in a year. Mention it there. So servicing. Under servicing, you just write it there and say, okay, we've serviced cars. And this is what's like the estimation of what I spend on servicing my car. Then maybe account funding. There are certain accounts you're funding. You need to know what that is. Um, maybe you have fleets of jets or airplanes and all of that. And there's a particular amount. You know, you're paying to service these things or for your security or for your uh, ship on the sea, all of those things, whatever it is that has regular servicing. This, when I say regular here, it might even be that you're just doing that servicing once in a year, but please state it out so that we are putting everything very clear and we know what to do. Then another area where we have financial commitment sometimes will be debt management. So is any of you in debt? Is anybody in debt? 
you need to have a debt repayment plan or a strategy. You know, please highlight it, okay, so that it makes it very easy to know what you're dealing with. Do you have a priority list for those that you are owing or those that he is owing? How do you intend to pay them? And for how long do you intend working towards clearing the debt? So you can start out and say, okay, well, in the next four years, in the next two years, in the next one year, in the next six months, I want to be completely out of debt. Oh, I'm owing this particular amount. He's owing this particular amount. So you can come together and say, okay, this is how we'll go about ensuring that this is done. So you'll still get me very clearly, but I'm just mentioning the different things that you can allocate um, that you already have financial commitments towards. For some other people, they have what I call standing orders. Standing orders. Are there payments? You know that you have set standing orders for at your bank. And then what are those payments for? And how essential are they? Because I also noticed that, you know, sometimes we actually are paying for something that we don't even use sometimes. So you need to analyze all of these things before you start creating any financial system. So you analyze before you create. Do you get now, auto renewals, that's another aspect of what you might have um, financial commitments towards before now. Are there things you auto renew? Now, the moment you get conscious of tracking and being responsible financially, you will begin to see areas where you are making maybe some unnecessary spending and how you can plan to cut those areas off. So sometimes we subscribe to services, to channels, to different things we are not actively using. So for example, <laughs> let me give... This example that many people are guilty of sometimes is that, you know, people actually pay for gym services and they never go there or they go maybe once or the first week, ah, their ginger is very high and they go to the gym. After that one week, you won't see them again. So you may need to restructure your exercise system to stay fit and not spend unwisely. Do you understand? So if you know that, see, I've tried this gym thing, it's not working. Um, I would create other ways to exercise so that I'm not just doing auto renewal here and it's like a waste so some others are you know subscriptions that we're not even using anymore but we're just still paying for those subscriptions for some people maybe um there are certain email systems you're not even using them anymore there are tv stations you're not even using them anymore there are movie subscriptions that you have you know so you may want to check again to just ensure that you're prudent in this area okay um some are even like maybe data and airtime subscription that you're not even using. But you have put auto renewal already. So you just notice that, oh, they just keep taking these charges and you did not really maybe unsubscribe for those things and they just keep coming, you know. Um, so when you start this evaluation system, you will begin to see areas where you might be able to actually save a little more from, okay? Now, the next aspect will be savings. Let's talk a little bit about that. Do you have a saving strategy or a saving system? Now, in the house of the wise, there is always oil, but the foolish man spends it all, says a scripture. In every harvest you receive, there ought to be bread, what you can eat, and seed, what will create your next season. You cannot spend it all always. Let it... You see, don't let that be a part of your lifestyle. We're still going to break down savings even deeper, but I just thought to mention this, you know, you need to be able to save. You need to be able to put it together. Let me give you a practical, personal experience. I mean, for a long time, I actually found it difficult to save as I felt, oh, what I was getting as revenue was not so much. And if I saved it, some things will suffer, you know, but as I started gaining financial wisdom and learning more about finance, 
Um, I had to start looking out for strategies to increase my earnings and became more deliberate about saving. Now, I'm not saying that it will be very easy, but I'm actually even getting a lot better more and more with cultivating a saving you know, lifestyle. So I created my own saving strategy as I got resources. All right. So you need to find out what will work for you, but don't ignore saving. Saving is an important part. So you can actually have a savings goal that by the end of the year, you would have saved this particular amount of money. So, but if you're not conscious of it, you will not be able to, you know, work towards it. Another one can be investments. Do you currently have investments that you're servicing? Are there investments you've been planning to embark on or you are already running? What percentages from your, you know, revenue goes into that investment? Is there an investment that you are actively saving for? So, you know, sometimes, you know, people just save and just save not for any reason. So you can actually save for a project. You can save for an investment. You can save and say, okay, I want to ensure that, um, I want to do this investment, but I need to save some money to get into the investment. But please don't forget the golden rule of investment. Investigate before you invest. Don't be in a hurry to say, oh, I just want to invest. I just want to, I need returns. I need returns. And you're going into a wrong investment. So please be mindful of that. Another one will be what I call opportunity funds or what you call, for some people, they call it emergency fund. Okay, but... um. I'm going to talk about this a little bit so that you get what I'm saying. So one of the important reasons for creating a saving system is that you can easily seize great opportunities when they come. Now, this is where the opportunity fund comes into play. Like I said, I know that the regular term is emergency fund for some people, but I started, as I started getting, you know, financial education, one of the coaches opened my eye to this dimension of opportunity funds instead of emergency, which seems to be like you're expecting something negative to happen. That's what emergency feels or sounds like, okay? Um, but... You know, I started seeing that, oh, there can be opportunities you are actually going to leverage because you were able to cultivate a saving, um, you know, habits. All right. So also when you get used to saving, you can actually set a goal and hit that goal because you have learned the principle of delayed gratification and how to make positive choices, no matter what the situation might be. I hope this makes some sense to you. So when these evaluations are clarified, then you can head on to start budgeting and planning how to spend or how to do what I call resource allocation. I hope this is making the subject easy for you on finance. Like I said, money is one subject that, you know, the more you even think about it, the more you feel like, ah, this, it feels a bit overwhelming sometimes, okay? So, um, yeah, that's why we're just breaking it down step by step to make it very easy for you um to go on with it so i'm, I'm gonna make this a two-part um lecture so that uh, you have a little time to digest what we've shared so far and then we'll take on with the second part but let me just get to a very reasonable point and then we'll take a little break and then we'll be back to finish up um this particular model i hope this is making good sense to you so let's go into budget creation and spending planning Budget creation and spending planning. So I want to ask you, first of all, what is your mindset about budgeting or planning your spending? As previously stated, you know, our money mindset and our backgrounds are not the same. But to be able to work together for the good of the family, there has to be a conversation about this to help you handle your finance with wisdom. 
Now, what is a budget? Basic definition. A budget is a projected plan for how you intend allocating your resources over a period of time. A projected plan for how you intend allocating your resources over a period of time. There are really no hard and fast rule to this as our lifestyle actually differs, okay? So one of the um, rule there is, you know, to spend less than you earn, not more than you earn, okay? Spend less than you earn. So one of the rule, again, is to what? To spend less than you earn, not more than you earn all right i hope that makes some sense to you all right let's keep going on so let's talk about a very simple budget plan now to commence this planning you need to define your spending strategy as a family with time people are going to find their reading and it becomes you know almost you know a lot easier to be able to allocate your resources. Because if you do not know this, um, if it's not a known practice for you, it may actually take a while for you to settle into it. And hey, that's just fine because our pace for growth and learning just differs. All right, so you can commence by creating your own spending strategy and percentage style. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Again, people have how they handle this aspect. Now, I would ask a very um, important question, which is a question you both need to talk about. For some people, now, this is a question. Will it be 100% the husband to handle everything financially or 100% the wife to handle everything financially or 50-50 sharing or any other percentage sharing? You know, who is going to be responsible for what in the family? Or some people, they do what I call item-specific or aspect specific sharing or whoever um has more at the time of planning you know um what's it called assumes the responsibility you know for that time of planning so you need to be able to come to terms with how this is going to work so this has to be very clear to um, avoid overwhelming any party or creating an imbalance or an irritation so sometimes you see people you know they'll say things like oh i am the one that is working and doing everything in this family and all of that so if you've discussed it if you've talked about it and then you've said things like oh there are some men that you know that's when you start hearing things like men that say things like oh they don't want their wife to work they don't want their wife to do anything they want to handle everything they're billionaires and all of that you know they are fine doing it all and all that so you need to you need to know what is going to work for your family so come up with your own spending strategy how is it going to work for your family i cannot recommend anything because your your lifestyles are going to all be different so hey choose what is going to work for your family now also for the items you want to allocate funds to you can also create what i call a percentage guide to help you through the budgeting period. So, for example, you can say something like 5% goes to charity, 20% goes to saving, 10% goes to investment, and etc. like that. Now, some other people, you know, put the amount accordingly and do what needs to be done, okay? It will be very easy to 
um, work on it when you know what is going to work for you. Because for some people, 20% saving may not be able to help them achieve their goal. They may need to save more. So that's why I said you need to come up with your own percentage guide. I'm not the one to create that for you. That's why I said this is a very practical class. So you're the one to create. What is the percentage guide you are going to be using for your own family? Once this is settled, then drawing your budget or what I call spending planning becomes very easy. So discuss your individual budget strategy and what you intend adopting together as a family. So for your husband, what is his own Personal, before he got married, what has he been doing, you know, budget-wise? You too, what have you been doing budget-wise? Some people actually plan their own budgeting weekly. Some people plan their own monthly. Some people plan yearly. Some people plan quarterly. But for the sake of this explanation, I will try and maybe minimize to a monthly one. Even though I'll touch the other aspects very briefly. So you can buy an already existing financial diary. There are financial diaries that are existing already or create a financial diary for yourself that you are going to be using for this budgeting process. Or if you're a digital person, you can get this on your device. And there are also apps that you can use to do budgeting and to simplify this whole process for yourself. So one way that can also help you to handle this process is breaking down the various aspects of your individual life and family life as, you know, previously shared. I've talked about this before in one of the models and plan how you would handle the financial aspects of those areas of your life. I hope this is very clear and making sense to you. So you can look at this ahead of a new year and see the overview and plan accordingly. Then further break it down into smaller amounts to make it easy to achieve. That way, you know what you are paying attention to part-time. So it's not only the country or the company that should actually have a yearly budget. You, as a family, which is also a nation, can be organized and put things in place when you are attentive to your financial life. Again, it's a journey. You don't get there in a day. I'm still evolving. I'm still growing. I'm still learning in it. So um, I'm still ser under serious construction in this area. So this is... One reason, you know, I'm actually jealous of the people taking this course because you're taking it at a time, you know, you're learning these principles very deeply early enough to help you find your own path, you know. So I'm going to break it down, you know, to help you get it very deeply, how you can go about this budgeting process to make it very easy for yourself and to make it um, very um, easy to access. But um, I guess we're going to have to take the break here and um, give you some time to just stretch for a bit. And then we'll be back with part two to continue the learning um, for this particular one. I hope you've learned something. I hope this has inspired you. I hope this has awakened you and sparked up um, wisdom for you for this subject. So take a short break. See you in part two for this so that we continue um, this time of learning and sharing. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm just going to be back very shortly, and then we'll go on into part two of the subject. So that is going to be on the next um, track, right? All right, so yeah.